Hello, I'm Dr. Izix, and I am Dr. Izix in lots of places online. I co-host a podcast called Watches It Tomorrow uh, with my friend Gepwin. Uh, I also do YouTube sometimes, and uh, I'm really happy to be here. I go by he, him pronouns, and I play Edamar Gloom, who also goes by he, him pronouns, who is some sort of bird person, who is uh, a little bit of a bard, uh, a little bit, uh, a little bit spooky sometimes, but you know. Hello, I am Gepwin. You can find me as Gepwin anywhere online. I do video game YouTube stuff and co-host the Watchers of Tomorrow podcast with Dr. Izix, where we talk about Star Trek and other sci-fi related media things. I play Edwin Stone Talon, the Strig fighter hunter dude, who's a stout owl person who just loves to hit stuff with dual wielding, and that's about as far as my thought process goes. I am Jen. You can find me as just Jen on Twitter. I play on Monday nights on TTRPG Academy in Feyren Reborn. Uh, here I play Zahao Maldwin. He's a Vulpin Sage cleric, um, kind of a shadow cleric, and he's um, a little bit prissy and, um, you know, doesn't like to get dirty. And I am Crest. I am the Dungeon Master for our journey into the Humblewood. I hope you like it with us. Last time, <laughs> the party had a bit of downtime. They did a bunch of shopping, some gambling, and um, there was also treasure sorting. The party also had some unfortunates told, giving a glimpse of future into the future, um, giving a glimpse into the future, filled with flames. Excuse me. And, and um, yeah, at the end of it, of their free time, um. The party met uh, two individuals from the Tenders, a group of half-Druids, half-Healer people in the woods um, who were making a big fuss in the Market Square. They then proceeded to the council meeting where apparently things were getting worse with the, for the fire. Apparently there was a strange creature running amok near the flames and the party was called on to hide because they are the defenders of Alderheart. Um... Yes. Making their way through the woods, the party encountered a ghost of a flaming bird, of a flaming corvum, who they helped send him to rest peacefully, thankfully. And then they arrived at the plains, where they were then attacked by a giant um, snake creature that was part, oh, no. made of part um, ash and part uh, fire. And the battle was over way quicker than I expected it to. But then, in the distance, there was a giant flaming creature... That proceeded to start throwing boulders at them, and the party had to flee for their lives. Making it back well, to Otterheart. Heart- I'm immune to boulders yet. No. <laughs> Making it back to Otterheart safely, the party told the council their findings, and um, what they saw may have been an entity of legend known as the Aspect of Fire, but they need more research because they only know so much about it, and to that end, the party has turned their attention to the Evium, a magical college located to the East or westward, depending on your point of view, of Alder, of the Humblewood. Um, the tenders gave a special help, magic helmet to one of the party that Zhao took. And the council also bequeathed 500 credits uh, in GP of for the party to spend as they will. But the party decided to save it because um, they want to save it for something or other. And it is as the party set out to journey, because they had downtime, that we begin. And one second while I switch maps... Uh, to show you the map of the Humblewood again. Humblewood world map. Okay. 
Excellent. You guys are here in Alderheart. And your target is, let me grab the polygon on fog map. Boop, 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 boop. Click. It's here. Avium, the, ma the Magician's College, has a viewing platform that you can see just over the treetops, even from Alderheart. So there's two paths before you. You can either go along the road, curving along, or you can cut straight through the forest. Hmm. Well, Edamar is really eager to get there, but uh, doesn't want uh, his eagerness to uh, get everyone uh, killed via taking a unwise path. <laughs> but if they if it comes down to him he'll he'll vote the, the short path so he'll uh, pose the question to the the group then uh should we take the road or should we, should we try a more direct path i'm fairly good at finding my way in the forest so i think maybe um we could chance the shorter path I spent much of my childhood roaming these woods as a hunter. I could not get lost. <laughs> so, through the woods it is, then? Yep. Into the woods. <laughs> okay. As safe as that sounds. <laughs> <laughs> I can hunt and provide for my companions with minimal effort, and I have an excellent tracker because I took the hunter thing, so I should be good at woods, in theory. Okay. So you can... So you guys set out through the forest. Um, you guys make okayish time, but there is a lot of dense undergrowth, and the floor is ancient, and the forest is ancient. Ugh. Um, yeah. Okay. So you it takes you a bit, but you are like making semi good time because, like I said, the layout of the forest kind of makes it half difficult terrain, half not. So yeah, but you guys are managing. Gigantic 60-foot-tall trees form a canopy that significantly weakens incoming sunlight and only dim light filters down from above. There is a lot of greenery here. Um, one of you needs to make me a wisdom or survival check. Okay. I've got plus three survival. Who has better? And I, I have think, plus four. And I think you oh, said yeah. you had a quality that prevents you from getting lost, so that's advantage. Oh. His might be better than mine, then. I got 14. <laughs> Then we'll ignore Zhao, then we'll do Edwin. Yeah, I, if he's got advantage, I'll let him advantage. do it. Natural oh, well, Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you can't get lost. <laughs> um, you are very good at what you do, Edwin. You lead the party ticking through through the forest, and then as, and this pretty much goes on like so, and with the nest charm, you guys are pretty much safe at night. So, you make your way through the forest pretty easily, and then... As you, like, get to where you know the end of the forest to be, um, the trees start thinning out, and I want a perception check from the group. Perception. Nice. I keep wanting to try to push performance. <laughs> oh, we're not doing good. <laughs> I, I, hit pers best. I hit persuasion, so that would be a eight instead. <laughs> yeah. I got a 14. Uh, one second, I need to look up something. I think I got a seven. How doomed are they? Yeah, I got a seven. I didn't do good. <laughs> One fourteen, an eight, and a seven. Yay! I'm too busy leading us successfully to the through the woods to notice things. Okay. 
I'm trying not to get dirty, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Let me change maps. Let me unfog the map. I'm actually using this on my laptop today, not my phone, just because I thought I'd give it a try. That's neat. Okay, Ranger Cards, Charles in watching order. I'm assuming Edwin's in the first because he's the one leading the way. I also have the best armor and all the weapons. Ooh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> all the weapons. Yep. So which way are we going? We're going north up on this map. Up, yeah. yes. Okay. okay, Edwin, you are the one leading the way, and as you do, from the treetops above you comes a massive, gigantic cat. Oh no. And it leaps down upon oh. you because as all you feather perception checks to see it sneaking up on you. So, and this thing has oh, multi attack. No. So brace yourself, Edwin. Ooh, kitty. Oh no. Ten for the first hit. No. Nope. Twenty-one for the second. Yeah. <laughs> Twelve slashing damage, and then here comes the bite. Oh no. Twenty-three to hit. Well, yeah. Fifteen piercing damage. Oof. Ow. Bad kitty. <laughs> And on that note, we'll finish it, everybody. Ooh, six. <laughs> Four. It's <laughs> like no one did good. Yeah. Uh, none <laughs> six, of us six did and good. Four. Uh -huh. Oh, boy. Love it. Is this how we end? Eaten by a kitty? Uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I need to look up what a thing does. Let's see here. Okay. And we start with the top of the round, and it is the Forest Prowler's turn. Oh no. <laughs> and it's going to resume its assault on Edim Edwin, I guess. Oh. Dirty 20. Yep. 12 slashing damage. Ooh. Oh no. Second claw attack. And that's a natural one. I'm going to say one of its claws breaks. And here's the bite. Oh. 10. No. No. Oof. I feel like I have one, on a scale of 1 to 40, I'm at 1. <laughs> did we take a long rest at all? Yes, you did. Okay, we did before. <laughs> for some reason, I did not have that done. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. Oops. <laughs> that would not be good. Uh, you'll need to re-roll your... In what was your initiative just now? Uh, it was 7. I can set it for you. Yeah, it was, uh, I think, something like, or six. Some, I don't know. It was low. No, four, four, right? It was four. It was just four. Mine was it, six. Yeah, mine was four. I was last. I know I was last. And six. Okay. And now it's Edwin's turn. All right. Well, I've got to do a thing. I said I was going to do a thing. It's probably a bad oh, idea. Yeah, well, I on the list. So I prepared for this. <laughs> I drink my potion of animal friendship awesome. that I bought in the last town. I had a feeling you were going to do it. Are we going to have a pet kitty? <laughs> this thing is terrifying, just so you know. Hold on, I wonder if I can upload it. I mean, if I can... No, I can't. Oh, well. I have, like, ambush prey, so, um... <laughs> okay. That's not exactly All right, thing. um... <laughs> So, you drink a potion of animal friendship. I don't vaguely what it does, but what else does it do? I just, I just found the thing. Okay. When you drink this potion, you can cast the animal friendship spell at a save of DC 13 for one hour at will. <laughs> what sort of wisdom save is it? 
I mean, what's her save? Animal friendship is, let's see, cast time on action, a beast you can see within range. Blah, blah, blah. Where, where is the... A beast that I can see within range. Duration, 24 hours. Uh, oh, wait, I have the player's handbook open for a reason. Go away. Let's see. This spell lets you convince a beast that you mean it no harm. Choose a beast you can see within range. It must see and hear you. If the beast's intelligence is four or higher, the spell fails. Otherwise, you must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or be charmed by you for the spell's duration. Okay, wisdom saving throw. Okay. What's the DC? According to the potion, it's the DC 13 for the potion spell. Edwin, this thing was ready to eat you. And then you quickly guzzle the potion and you kind of like breathe that weird mist into its face. And the forest power like rears back a bit at this, blinks, stares at you, leans in, and licks your face and starts purring. Ah, it rolled an 11. <laughs> I shall pet my kitty. I'm going to guess I need to do something else if I want to actually keep tame this thing as a pet because this only lasts for 24 hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can always tell it to go away <laughs> after 24 hours or at, you know, 23 hours, tell it to run. Run for an hour. Run far, far away. <laughs> um... I'm vaguely curious, what what's Edwin's reaction to this? Edwin will... I see. Edwin wanted a kitty friend. Edwin is going to grab the kitty and start hugging it very tightly. <laughs> and what are the others' reactions to this? Zao's mouth open. Edomar's so confused, but we'll uh, go ahead and pat Edwin on the back with a uh, cure wound spell. <laughs> Zao's just shocked. And <sighs> mouth agape uh, with the, ready to do something but back. doesn't know what. <laughs> nine, thank you. Back up to some amount of hit points. That's Yeah. Um Okay. Hold on one second. I'm making a note of this. You know, I had a feeling you were going to do this when I when I planned this particular encounter. <laughs> I am fully prepared to do what it to like like bring this thing to town, feed it a bunch of meat, respec my character so that I can have a, so that I change to the night <laughs> night subclass and have a mount, like whatever I need to do. <laughs> awesome. Oh my god, you got yourself a tiger. <laughs> well, this thing's more leopard than tiger, but yeah. I, okay, yeah. <laughs> Fair. Um Okay. Uh, I invested in this. I planned this like two episodes ago. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> um, okay. Brilliant. Uh, well, we end combat. Um, <laughs> you know, despite knowing you were going to do this, I probably should have checked Xanathar's for animal taming real quick. Hold on, let me see something. Because, yeah, if you work whip it for the next 24 hours and keep working with it after that animal handling style maybe maybe you'll keep it forever get it a little saddle and <laughs> alternatively you'll realize that's been charmed and try to eat you again <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay Dad doesn't trust it at all <laughs> oh it's apparently in Volo's Guide to Monsters did I oh okay here we go da -da 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 -da. No, no, that's not it. Like, I could charm person, but I don't think I could help out with animals. <laughs> Sorry about <laughs> so that. Sorry. I guess charming people, I am charming animals, but there are different levels of animals. In well, if we're going this, to so. the magical college, maybe I can bring it. Like, how do I keep this? 
<laughs> I want this pet. <laughs> We're going the short way, so we'll get there pretty fast. <laughs> um. Okay, I found something. Not exactly where I thought it was, but it's in a D&D book, so you know it's all function, I suppose. Okay, so combat's over. Um, Edwin. Yes. Roll me uh, animal handling. Yeah, unfortunately, that's one of my lower skills. Crit it. Got an 11. Well, it's better than a 10. Things go <laughs> okay-ish, but you're not quite there yet. But either way, you and your new friend, like, move on through the woods. Um, roll me another animal handling. I'm on. 16. Okay, better. that's the second one. And then... I'm going to say you reach the edge of the woods, and it's now evening. Roll me another animal handling. Come on. Okay, a 10 again. Being decidedly average here. Same result as your first one. Things are going okay, but they could be better. Um, You guys stay on watch, because I'm going to say it was midday when this first encounter happened. Um, I'm going to say you have two more chances to finish this, and you kind of need to succeed on both if you want this cat. So, animal handling. Come on. Come on, dice gods. Oh, it's a six. Oh. Uh Uh-oh. I am staying back from this creature, (laughs) by the way. Not standing right next to it. Mm -mm. Nope. (sighs) One more animal handling, Edwin. Come on, I need a really good, really, really good... Dirty 20. (sighs) Still, that's only two out of the three you needed, unfortunately. I'm sorry, Edwin. Oh. I'll have to find another kitty. Um, at the end of the 24 yeah. hours, because you did feed and, like, play with them, the forest probably is going to give you a confused look, but it's just going to go back off to wh- from whence it came. So, on another note... It's not she- killing us. Yes, but it might kill someone else, for all you know now. But that's somebody else's problem, I guess, because you kind of have business to be dealing with, and that's the end of this encounter. Yeah. We didn't have to kill anything, yay! <laughs> One second while I change the maps back. Uh, when the uh, the prowler's gone, Edomar uh, uh, will say, "Edwin, I didn't want to say anything while I was still here, just in case it got the pressure of my my uh, well my feelings there." But was that a wise move to keep it around for a full day? Oh, it wouldn't hurt me. It is my fun cat friend. Are you sure about that? You two would have been fine, probably. I'm sure probably he wasn't that hungry. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. That, <laughs> Wild animals usually yes. only attack when they have we want for food. We were feeding it. Mm, that's slightly unnerving. Or if you get between them and their babies. Or if you enter their territory. Or if you smell wrong. But don't do any of those things and you'll be fine. Uh, okay. Those are hard hard not to do. Huh. You know, you think I'd be used to this sort of shenaniganry after DMing for this long, but you never could get used to it. <laughs> DM's plans will never survive contact with the players. <laughs> And vice versa. So, uh, uh, did we uh, get a long rest? Yes, you guys have gotten long rests by now. I probably should have mentioned that. You did spend the night with the giant cat, though, so I don't know how restful it was for some of you, but yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, you guys have this conversation, and then you round the bend, and then before you, you see... We interrupt this episode to bring you our special promo. 
What if the world of the dead was just a plane ride away? Quest Friends is a supernatural role-playing podcast where five best friends explore the fun of everyday life in the afterlife. Average annoyances spiral into fantastical adventures inspired by cartoons like Gravity Falls and The Owl House. Listen to our ghostly adventures at questfriendspodcast.com or by searching Quest Friends on your favorite podcasting app. And now enjoy the episode. Four gigantic circular stone platforms float alongside several towers and spires in the air above you. These structures slowly rotate around a leafless and branchless tree trunk made from solid stone. The trunk tower is hundreds of feet high, and the orbiting structures appear to connect to stone bridges, which jump out of the trunk near its upper levels. You see two perch guards in crenellated watch posts above the entryway to this petrified trunk. They greet you, and a moment later, a robed, a robed bespectacled raptor glides down to land at your feet. This raptor introduces herself as Reese Birchwalker, and she's been sent to greet the party. And she tells you that the Dean, that the Dean of the Avium, ugh, is expecting you. She, well, thank you very much. Okay, and then she leads you to the party central gate, which appears to be the only entrance into the structure. You see her withdrawn amulet that has the symbol of the Avium's crest upon it. She prevents it to the giant wooden double doors, and after a brief moment, the same symbol etches itself in light across the entrance. Then, with a heavy creak, the doors begin to part, revealing an interior lounge. A main desk sits near the far wall, behind which a scribe is busy with tottering piles of paper. Several chairs and couches are situated around circular tables throughout the room, which is lit comfortably, comfortably by floating braziers containing magical flames. Portraits of wise and burned folk hang from the walls, each one wearing robes similar to those of your attendant. Behind the main desk is a spiral staircase that leads down. The staircase is flanked by a large pair of bird folk statues, one of which bears the likeness of a corpse or from whose portrait hangs on the west wall. Opposite this staircase, a circular platform rests on a cylindrical alcove. Professor Birchwalker leads the party onto the circular platform and utters an incantation, which causes the entire stone disc to rise from the ground and repel the group upwards through the tree trunk. It's an elevator! A few windows occasionally zip by on the way up, showing glimpses of the wood and just how high the party is traveling. The platform stops halfway up the structure, and the party find themselves in an area next to a busy atrium. Following Professor Birchmacher, you all arrive at an office. You and your companions enter into a round stone office. It is surrounded on all sides by windows, through which several spires and other circular terrariums can be observed slowly floating by. The main tables inside the office are filled with disorganized piles of books, and the desk is in a similar state of disorder. A stable luma picks up, picks up from over the books. Oh, please excuse me, I'm reviewing a few hundred daisies for my students. Excellent work, but one does tend to look at trade arc of time. I'm sorry. And one second, because I have art of this character I can show you. Wait. Cool, cool. Ta-da! Aw. Pretty bird. For the party, Aww. Lumas are either pigeon or dove-like people. Bird people, I'm not exactly sure on the difference. I, I usually think dove, though, when I think of Lumas. Pigeons uh, and doves are basically the same thing. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, this particular luma has bright blue feathers, its wings, his wings, ugh, and then black and white and bluish tips, and he's dressed in green robes and he's holding a spell book. Now let me go back to the book. We should maybe introduce ourselves. <clears throat> yeah, go ahead and do that. <laughs> uh, Edamar will step forward and uh, give a little bow. I am Edamar Gloom. Uh, we are the heroes of Elderheart. And uh, these are my companions, and we'll uh, motion to my companions to introduce themselves. 
I am Zahal Modwin. Um, I, yeah, that's about all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> Greetings, I am Edwin. I enjoy all of your strangely ostentatious floating architecture. Uh, the Luma moves a few times off his desk as this all goes on, and then he moves to give each of you a firm handshake and an official welcome to his college. The Dean will then cut to right to the chase. Um, because he knows why you're here, thanks to the messages from the council. You won't find information on something that old and powerful in just any library. Thankfully, the Avium was built upon the greatest store of knowledge in all of Humblewood. Literally. Beneath the main building is the oldest structure here. A library with a collection of tomes, folios, and manuscripts gathered from all over Everden. With any luck, that's where you'll find what you're looking for on the aspect of fire. Now, a disclaimer. Some of the tomes in there are a little... And then he glances to the side. Uh, deadly. But worry not, our librarians are experts. They'll help, you po- they'll help point you in the right direction while steering you clear of the more advanced materials. And then he then gives you, each of you guys a small amulet with the insignium of the Avium. These appear to be of lesser qualities than the one you saw Professor Birchwalker and the Dean use, but these amulets are made especially for guest researchers. And you guys will be free to roam the grounds. He, the Dean will tell you that you, he also knows you may be tired by now, so... This will also give you um, access to dormitory chambers that have been prepared specifically for them. And uh, it also gives you access to free meals from the campus dining hall. And nice. you, you can also apparently sit in on classes if you want. And on that note, you guys are free to explore. And let me upload the next map for you. Mapping time. Now, Hubblewood has a lot of 3D uh, sort of environments. It's kind of awesome. Mm-hmm. Ta-da! Ooh. Neat. Okay. So there's plenty... I it correctly, too. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, Avium has a central building, obviously. Um, it is orbited by four terrariums and a dozen or so smaller towers. And each one of them rotates at... Various heights and speeds between every 10 minutes and one rotation every half hour. Uh, there's plenty of bridges and there's ways to get to it. So, yeah, just tell me what you guys want to do here. Well, uh, uh, what time of uh, day is it when we arrive? About midday. Uh, should we get a, a meal in uh, before we head down to start research? Sounds like I could uh, go for that. Um, yes, to the mess hall. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let's bid our... Uh, Thank you to the dean and uh okay um i don't really see where it says the mess hall is you guys were at number four which is where the dean's office is located so you guys were about here um and then i'm gonna say it's in number five the dormitories which is one floor uh, down yes so you guys eat, and you and I imagine you do a cursory check of your rooms. You see your rooms are fine, and apparently there's a bunk bed for two of you, <laughs> and a single bed for another one of you. Um, but yeah, so you guys eat, and midday passes, and you have the evening. What do you, do you, what do you want to do? Shall we uh, head down to do our research? Yes, that that would seem to be a good idea. I suppose there are pressing matters. <laughs> I would like to sit in on some classes while we're here, but we do have, you know, pressing matters, yes. Hmm. So, yes. into the library then? Oh, 
Yes, to the library. Okay. <laughs> the staircase library. is down near the entrance and it leads to the lower library. This area is only accessible to those with the appropriate pass at the appropriate times of day. But because of your um, pass, your English, you managed to get past them. Um, okay. As you enter the lower library, you are greeted by a... One second, I have to... I really hope I remember to put his name down. Yes, I did. You are greeted by a prim and properly elderly swift strig, who keeps his gray and white feathers preened and his librarian robe freshly pressed. And let me put up art of him so I can show you. Ta-da! Nice. Love him. It's a cousin of yours? (laughs) (laughs) For the podcast viewers, we have a gray and white owl person, not one of the Allen. This is a different this is a different thing. Yes. He has tiny little <laughs> spectacles perched on the bridge of his beak and he's wearing purple, y- gold and white and blue robes. Okay, let me go back to part 4. Okay. <clears throat> As you um let's see. Okay. <clears throat> As you enter the room, you see rows upon rows of large stone shelves each containing several hundred books. Magical braziers illuminate this area, but their light drains to reach every nook between the large bookshelves. And as you enter and he looks at you, he says, The Defenders of Alderheart, I presume? Indeed. I am Mordane Swiftgale, and I have been instructed to help you find whatever you need. Well, uh, this is our uh, first time uh, to the library as a group here, so uh, I guess... Uh, any suggestions as far as uh, finding uh, information about the uh, the aspect of fire that would be uh, you know, very useful. Hmm. Well, I suppose. Hmm. Maybe you can check the history section. I suppose. Actually, kind of makes sense. Thank you. Uh, which which way is that? He points you in the right direction, and uh, since you're the one doing this, Edmar, give me history. History. I got an eleven. Uh, let me check something. Cool. Whoops, I forgot to keep the <laughs> I forgot to keep D&D Beyond open. Whoops. Have you found any books on dodging large fiery boulders? <laughs> Let's see. Research. There it is. Uh, these don't seem to mention anything like that. Okay. As you run the bookshelves, you find a scrap of paper and you're like, what the? And you take it off and it appears like it got torn out of a book or something. And you see on it words. <clears throat> From the above evidence, one can conclude that Scorch Grove displays properties which suggest extreme conjury, perhaps even the calling of a major elemental force. Whether this was conjured from a nearby plane or a farther one remains uncertain, but the readiness with which the elemental magics have taken root suggests a source in close proximity to our world. And that's all you managed to find. Hmm. Well, it's disappointing that it doesn't give us a uh, key on how to defeat such things, but... uh... Do any of you know how to uh, banish elementals? Ah. Not unless it involves stabbing him back to the elemental plane of fire. Hmm. I pay attention in school. <laughs> <laughs> well. Uh. Hmm. Uh, so the history section doesn't seem to be uh, providing much insight here. Uh, do either of you have ideas of... Uh, uh, sections to check out here at this point. Mm. Trying to think of specifics. 
Ooh. Didn't we find some blue quartz? No, that was choices. That was choices. One. I put that note in the wrong spot then. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps maps. If we must find a place nearby to our world or a plane or fiery aspect of demons. Perhaps there is a map of these places we could find somewhere. This magical library could tell us the spheres or discs or whatever it is we have. Perhaps, uh, but let's let's have a, a look uh, for books then uh, about uh, elemental planes and elementals and other sorts of things. Hmm. Okay. Um, history or investigation, I guess, this time. Uh, anyone else want to roll for this? <laughs> what do you need, history? Where is my history? I have a Where zero history? in history and a zero in investigation. Alright, so I'm better on either one. <laughs> um, probably better than the uh, history. Right, I'll, 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 I'll I have plus, plus two. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. <laughs> uh, dirty 21. Oh. Yeah. Okay. In an old book, you find um, this. Elemental creatures composed of fire that also possess earth elemental traits tend to be incredibly strong and durable and do not appear to retain their vulnerability to cold-typed magics. However, cold-type magic should be able to, and then the rest of the page is torn out. Hmm. Well, I think people here need to take better care of their books. There's a lot of torn pages. Thou. That a as yeah. you're talking about this, you find another book. And then you find a passage saying, Elder elementals have strong connections to the energy of their aspect of the element. This connection can be so strong that... And then that page is torn out. Oh, great. <laughs> and then, Edwin, as you're listening to this, you step on something, you look down, and there is a burned piece of paper at your feet. Somebody oh. just been here? What, do you pick up the burned piece of paper? Yes. <laughs> I'm not sure how burned. Like, would turn to ash in hands, or... <laughs> it is very fragile and very damaged, but you can just make out this. After its defeat, the aspect of ice lost a single shard. Incomprehensible words. The Borealis. Incomprehensible words. Was sealed away. Incomprehensible words. A dance of fire and ice maintains the wood's balance. Incomprehensible words. If the fire wanes, it must wane slowly. Only then will its energies have time to ebb away. And then the, you can't make out the rest. Have so, any of you heard of an ice shard? Uh, can't say I have. Not uh, off let the me top think. of my head, no. Hmm. Can uh, Edamar think back about uh, you know uh, things that Should might have involved ice shards? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Should we roll history to see if we learned anything about that? <laughs> Go ahead. I got a 12. I got an 11. So this is all new to you. No. <laughs> and this yeah. is when the librarian comes in and says, We're closing now. I'm sorry. It's time for it's time for students to go to bed. All right. Uh, well, well, thank you very much. Uh, we might have more to look in the morning, but uh, we found several damaged books here. I uh, just figured you might want to know about that. The strig, like, rears back, and you can see its feathers fluffing up a bit, and he says... That's impossible. Uh, how is it impossible? How could books be damaged? I mean, I... Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Roll me insight. Fourteen. Twelve. <laughs> Zao? Uh, shoot. 
insight why can i not click why can i not oh there it is it's the top one that's why i couldn't find it eight and i have like two i had enough person that's flustered but he <laughs> seems genuine <laughs> Figures. i'm going to pat him on the back like as a fellow strig warrior i know you have done all that you can to protect your mighty domain but sometimes even the most mighty of strig let an enemy slip past Yes, yes. And then he shakes himself and comes back to himself and he's like, I've dug out, I need the dust. And he shears you out and you guys go back to your dorms and we'll do another long rest. Okay. So, uh, as we're uh, getting ready for bed, uh, I, you know, I think Edomar is going to bring up and uh, that... <sighs> So something about so so dancing and uh, fire and ice. Uh, maybe there's a second elemental out there. Uh, does that seem plausible? Something to keep this thing busy at the very least, so it doesn't burn everything down. Did not the page say that the ice elemental fell in battle? Well, uh, maybe you know. I guess maybe then the maybe there was an ice elemental to counteract it. I do not know much about dancing, but if we find a large pointy shard of ice, I can probably throw it at the monster. Alright, we'll look for one. But, uh, just in case, we want to look for other options too, in case we don't find one. Zhao, insights? Um, yeah, I agree with you guys. Um, I think we should um, do what we can find out about those monsters. I think what we must find is a larger, colder sword for the stabbing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> colder. I suppose uh, that makes sense. I do not know why I did not think of this to begin with. A cold sword would fight the fire. No, maybe. Possibly, it's... yes. Yeah, it's still going to be warm overall, but... I will remind you that one passage you found about how cold magics doesn't really seem to be work variable against the thing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so... Perhaps a wet sword. Oh, interesting. But I don't know if that's a thing. <laughs> then it would rust. I must think about this. <laughs> and on that note, long rest for everybody. And we begin day two of your stay at the Avium. Where do you want to start? Back to the library, or do you want to do something else? Uh, I, I'm 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 hesitant to split us up at the moment, but yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, uh, I think at some point we should probably uh, inquire with uh, some of the uh, professors here uh, to see if they have any uh, you know insights as far as uh, dealing with containing, fighting, distracting elementals. Hmm. Yes, we need to find out as much about these creatures as we can that anybody would know. Yes, uh, writing down books uh, is well and good, but sometimes the books haven't been written yet. Exactly. Or they've been torn up. Oh, that too. Oh, maybe we could find someone who did write one of those books. Maybe they'd mm. be able to tell us more directly. <gasps> now that's a good idea. Well, uh, in that case, uh, this morning, while uh, everyone's still waking up, uh, perhaps we should uh, go and pester them for uh, insights into elementals. Roll me investigation, then, I guess. Let's see if you can find what you're looking for. 
And because the other two are helping you, I'll say you can do it with advantage, Edamar. <laughs> All right. 19. Yeah, <laughs> Professor Reyes, who greeted you, actually specializes in conjuration magic. And so, seeking her out, you guys sit in the class. And, um, let me double check something. Because I, I put it in here. Okay. Uh, yeah, this only applies to you, Edamar. Uh, your uh, spellcasting status as a bard is a um, charisma, right? Uh, yes. Go ahead and flat charisma check then. Charisma activate. Natural uh, 20. Okay. So, uh, you find both our information okay. and uh, there's seduction happening. <laughs> Not exactly. <laughs> this um, school has also another handy dandy little feature. Wizards can learn a good n- number of spells, like they can copy spells into their spell books here. And um, it's attending a class, a bard, ranger, warlock, or sorcerer can swap one of their spells out. So, Edamar, if you want to swap one of your spells out for another bard spell, you may now do so. Very tempting. Uh, deep metal might not be a good one for this particular moment, <laughs> point in time of the campaign. Uh, I'll be uh, sorting that out here. Okay. Um, in the aftermath, you guys talk to Professor Birchwalker, and they point, and they actually have a few other books on uh, conjuration magic that aren't in the library, and they will a little reluctantly loan it out to you. And, um, wow, those books are thick. So, so begins a long slog of research. So, we'll do history check with advantage for one of you guys. I do it again. <laughs> you want it. You have the best history. So. 18. Okay. That fire creature you guys saw, anything as big as that would require huge amounts of energy to keep it locked away. It would take immense effort on the part of a creature, even one as powerful as the aspect of fire, to break free. So in order for this to work, someone would have had to weaken the seal from the outside. And that's what you first managed to learn on the first day. So you may have a potential villain on your hands here. Dun, dun, dun. Let's, um, we'll just smash cut the day three. Go ahead and do history check with advantage again. Because you now have a solid lead to work with. Uh, the natural 24 24. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. Apparently, I'm really good at history. <laughs> you guys find out that a large conjuration circle would be needed in order to seal anything away as massive as the aspect of fire. The circle may become obscured over time, but it is impossible for the aspect to have been kept dormant all this time without it. So, there is something you can use to stop it, maybe. And upon finding that previous piece of information, you find. It leads you guys to a cryptic tome in the library about a treatise by a conjurer who attempted to calculate the location of the postulated conjuration circle within the Scorched Grove. The conjurer's treatise is based on painstaking research on energy readings, topography, ley lines, and other academic esoterica. However, while the complex formulae of this calculation remain, the pages that actually specify the location have been ripped out. And this is happening in the library. So uh, I think it's time to, uh, you know... uh, we talked to uh, Morden, uh, Mordain, uh, again about damaged books. Yes. NMR straight intelligence check. Fifteen. You may not have the location, but you have the formula. If you ask the right person, maybe you can recalculate the location for yourself. Hmm. That's true. Uh, 
Do we know hmm. anyone who's good at uh, sorting these sorts of uh, equ you know, equations out? Uh, this is a little bit beyond my uh, expertise here. Maybe someone who works in a giant college of magic? Uh, maybe. <laughs> oh, yes, I mean, like, specifically around here. Uh, have, you, have we met anyone uh, yet uh, that uh, mentions anything about that sort of thing? Well, alternatively, I guess we could just ask around. Probably have to ask around. I can't think of anyone off the top of my head that would fit that. It's not like you weren't just talking to a conjuration professor yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> Where are we? Reese is the uh, is the logical option. Uh, ah, okay. But you know, uh, you know, just I, I also don't want to be bothering a professor. Who, they're busy people, you know. <laughs> Hang on, they swear to help you. That's fair. Yes. <laughs> so what do you do? Well, unless there's objections, let's go bother Reese again. All right. Okay. <laughs> Luckily enough, you catch her during office hours, I'm going to say. And then she'll, like, look at this notes and then she particularly the torn pages. And they will make such a face at that. And they will, like, actually go down back to the library with you to question um, Mordain about this. Mordain is apparently not at the front desk as usual. He must be off in the shelves returning books or something. But then she'll, they'll shake their head and they'll just say... I'll quiz him on this when he gets back. This has never happened before, and everyone knows better. Morning should have brought us up sooner. And making their way to one of the work tables, they will start calculating. Um, Edamar, Arcana with advantage. Arcana! Ooh, I'm actually pretty good at that. Uh, I think that natural <laughs> for 26 is going to be good enough. Okay. So that's uh, two 20s in a row there. Uh... <clears throat> You figure out the circle, circle's postulated location in the grove, which is on its eastern edge, at a point between Winnowing Reach and Alderheart. And you got a good idea of where the thing in the grove is, so at least now you know what to do with the Conjuration Circle, though, well, though how to even properly use it is another thing, not to mention there's also getting there within the Scorch Grove. And as you realize this and talk about this, roll me perception checks, everybody. Okay. Nine. Seventeen. Well. Fenry, out of the corner of your eye, you see shadows, like, twitching along the walls. And then you watch as your own shadow starts twitching. Oh. And detaches from your body. And gets up off Whoa. the ground, moving from two-dimensional to three-dimensional, and glancing at and the others don't really seem to notice it, but you watch as it, the same thing happens to Edwin and Edamar with the shadow standing right behind them. And then they raise their weapons ready to strike, and that's where we end today's session tonight, because oh, you guys flew oh. through everything so fast. Oh. Many Stories, Many Games is a tabletop variety show. You can find us on Twitter at ManyStorgaPod. The music and sound effects come from Monument Studios and were paid for personal usage. This podcast is powered by Podcasters by Spotify. The Humblewood campaign setting was created by Hitpoint Press, formerly known as the Deck of Many. Thanks for listening.